Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and together? you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. The glasses made of yards of fine chest. And good morning, it's Annie for Showreel, our look at Australian film. And today we're going to highlight a film by David Bradbury. I had a chat with the uh, filmmaker David Bradbury, who has been making films since 1972, documentaries, and uh, he began with Frontline. Well, uh, and this is because uh, there's a film that's coming out next week uh, at the Nova, March the 19th. It's uh, start showing on uh, at six o'clock. It's Waging Peace, which is uh, one of David's latest films. Okay, so uh, David Bradbury, you are a renowned Australian filmmaker, I'll have to say. I, w- I came across you, uh, obviously, much earlier in your career with uh, Frontline, but uh, you started your career as an ABC radio journalist. I did, yes. Good, good way to go. Sounds like it was very early in your career, too, if you go back as far as Frontline there, Annie. I was a kid. <laughs> I'll have to say. I was younger well, I was than a green, you. I was a green behind the ears wannabe filmmaker when I made Frontline, which was my first film, and I took the advice of Neil Davis at the time to get myself a very good, a very experienced editor, Stuart Young, who I stuck with uh, for the next five or six films until I moved out of the uh, city of Sydney to the north to start having babies, and regrettably, it was downhill all the way after that because Stuart the one that held my hand through so many of those earlier films and uh, and helped make them as good as they were. You went from uh, feature-making to documentary, which is a kind of a strange trajectory, really. No, I'd never really... I've always wanted to make a feature, but I've never um, managed to, to get the, the faith on the part of the agencies, uh, the film funding bodies, to give me a crack at the title. I wrote a, a script or co-wrote a script about... The Death of the Five Journalists in Balibo and the Dilly Massacre rolled into one uh, sort of... I I worked on that for about 16 or 17 years, including about four or five trips to Timor, one of them just while Indonesia still occupied East Timor, and uh, that was with my four-year-old son then back in 1994. But I never got got it together, despite, you know, working on about 10 drafts of the script, to get any backing for it, or that, and then Balibo came along, and fortunately they did a really good job on telling the story of the death of the five journalists. And uh, there's only one, only room for one feature film in town about the, a small country like Timor that was screwed over by the big powers, including Australia. 
as a sake of its oil. So that was it. That, that idea bit the dust, and uh, I learned a lot from it, though, uh, in terms of you know, writing a feature script and um, and and potentially directing drama, which I got to do in my recent film uh, called The Crater, which is about um, one conscript's experiences in the Vietnam War and a big battle that took place for real in the jungles of Vietnam, 50 kilometres north of Saigon in May 1968. Yeah, which actually is going to be uh, screening at Nova, isn't it, On in Melbourne uh, on in April, is it? Yeah, it's going to be on at the uh, 5 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, the 12th of April at the Nova, and I'll be down for that as well to talk to that and um, and have a couple of veterans who fought in that big battle who... Uh, who are in the film and have got good tales to tell outside of the, of the film screening and uh, there. Now, the reason why we're talking to you today is because of your film Waging Peace, which is actually going to be on at the Nova on uh, March the 19th. And uh, it, it has uh, uh, quite a, a strong resonance in relation to your past experience as a radio documentary filmmaker, uh, docu- a radio person, because uh, in lots of ways there's elements of uh, exposing a truth in a way that uh, when there's not a huge amount of action. Isn't that correct? Yes. Well, I think that's a good sum up. I think I'll take you on as my PR agent for it. Uh, And it came about as a result of uh, discovering and getting an invite to uh, and a lift-up from Melbourne with a couple of young um, Christian uh, peace activists, for starters, and then falling into the company of a group of uh, people from all over Australia that had come to brainstorm, what can we do to get out from under the uh, the, the total sort of um, selling ourselves to the devil, to the US military, to keep on signing up for their misadventures and foreign wars that keep on going wrong that have done so since the Second World War, be it Korea, Vietnam, Iraq or Afghanistan. And uh, and the horrible price that we pay in terms of the young soldiers that we sent over there to serve their country, Australia, and what we do in killing many innocent civilians on the ground in those countries, Iraq and Afghanistan, and now back into Iraq again. And um, I've seen a lot of what war does to ordinary civilians in the countries that I've made films at, in El Salvador and Nicaragua, in Chile and East Timor, West Papua, over the years, and uh, Vietnam and, and Cambodia, of course. And uh, I, I, I really feel you know, total abhorrence of war and the uh, unnecessary tragedy of war when we should be at this time in our evolution or devolution as a species, depending on which side of the coin you want to look at it uh, about what causes and uh, and so waging peace is a an interesting uh, what you'd call I guess an agitprop type film but with maybe with a lot of heart and sincerity uh, giving a, a, a vehicle to the action of the um, whistleblowers and the citizens uh, alliance which is a group of very highly spirited and and well-motivated activists, peace activists in in Melbourne, who I hadn't met before, but uh, happily embraced in in making a film about their action to 
to pull off the um, and beat the Guinness Book of Records of how many non-violent demonstrations you can hold in any one capital city on the planet in a 24-hour period. And I'll leave it up to those coming to see it at the neighbour this coming Thursday, the 9th of March, to see whether they think it's a noble and, and good exercise or not. But I learned a lot in filming that because they went to all the baddies, all the nasties who've got their nose in the trough of the, um, the, of the warlords and, and international warmongers like Lockheed Martin, like Rayathon that make cluster bombs and that explode on kids in Pakistan and uh, Afghanistan and, and other parts of the planet and, uh, and intercontinental ballistic missiles that we shell out billions of dollars each year to these so-and-sos at the expense of our, our health and uh, education public health programs at the expense of providing shelters and legal aid for women that are the victims of domestic violence in Australia, at the expense of putting our old people, our mums and dads and grandparents into good uh, aged care homes because uh, there's not enough money to take care of them now, even though they've paid um, taxes all their lives and, and our grandfathers fought in World War II, which is the only, in my terms, the only justifiable war that Australia's ever, ever fought in. And the second half of Waging Peace, dear long-suffering Annie, hearing this uh, monologue from me... Oh, no, no, it, before you do go on, um, the uh, figure that comes out, $79 million a day we pay in Australia on military forces. Exactly, yeah. A killer figure. Yeah, $79 million a day. I mean, the ABC is in a state of chaos and uh, our once-beloved ABC and our once-beloved SBS... They're on its knees because they've cut back the budget over five years by $250 million that's created such havoc. And yet they're spending $79 million a day on, on the military to keep them alive and fed in uniforms with weapons to go off and, and kill kids and wedding parties in Afghanistan and Iraq to create the horrible havoc that's led to ISIS, this fundamental bunch of ratbag lunatics that are serving heads and that. And that's only been created because of the vacuum that we created in going into Iraq after oil to help Halliburton and our American uh, masters do what they've done since they buddy sort of rose to power after the Second World War. Now, the really interesting thing about waging peace is, as you say, it's... Uh focuses on the Canberra Peace Convergence in 2014. And one thing that got, came out for me, and obviously to you as well, the creative thinking behind WACA in uh, coming up with methods to bring across the message of peace and Australia's they're, involvement. They're a wonder, wonderful group, and as I learnt, but I know from my own activist uh, campaign over the last 35 years, they spent months, months organising that. They liaised with the police so that they wouldn't get hassled or arrested uh, and so on. They were able to get up to the, you know, the gates of the Israeli embassy and the US embassy where we were being threatened with being arrested and moved on because we discovered that the, that the grass out front on the footpath out front of the US embassy is actually belongs to a, the, the American uh, people, the American government and that. And we weren't allowed to be there till. We stood our ground, as shown in the film, and negotiated with the coppers to allow us to stay there to do a non-violent demonstration and a series of speakers and that to bring us up to speed about what the Yanks do to contribute to 
World uh, World War Three and so on. And, um, and and it's quite fascinating yeah. in that quiet place called Canberra, how many locations they could find in order to get into the Guinness Book of Records. Yeah, well, it was 28, and I'm sure there were a few more that they would have liked to have uh, visited and exposed. And there were, I'm a, a long-time activist, Annie, and I've, I've done a lot of research over 35 years of activist and anti-war peacemaking, uh, filmmaking, but I didn't know the half of what I learnt on that, um, that Blitzkrieg raid in, in filming the Wacker activists, they're going to place to place about who done what and, and, and what they gained out of it at the taxpayers' expense. And uh, it was a real eye-opener to me, and I'm hoping people that will come along to see the film will go in their droves to join Wacker after they see Waging Peace to try and make a difference in this country where we just roll over and do everything that the US president and the US military want us to do. Waging Peace. The latest film from legendary Australian filmmaker David Bradbury. Shot at the Canberra 2014 Peace Convergence. Waging Peace will be screening at the Nova Cinema, including Q&A with Bradbury, Thursday, March the 19th at 6pm. Bookings, trybooking.com. Waging Peace, March 19th, 6pm at Nova Cinema. A Wacker event. Wacker is a 3CR supporter. Hi, my name is Sophia Turkovich, the director of Once My Mother. Uh, you're listening to Radio 3CR, the real radio station. And you're on Showreel with Annie, and we're having a chat with David Bradbury, whose uh, film Waging Peace is going to be shown at uh, Nova November, oh, Nova at Mar- on March the 19th at 6 o'clock. Uh, it's uh, a wacker uh Fundraiser, Wacker is uh, Whistleblower and Citizens Alliance, uh, and it began in Melbourne. It uh, comes up with creative methods of uh, bringing to people's attention vitally important issues for uh, Australian uh, prosperity, future prosperity and peace. Uh, we'll continue with our chat with uh, David Bradbury. Now, the other thing that was uh, incredibly moving was the... Uh, approach uh, to the ANZAC, official ANZAC uh, celebrations. I, I don't know if that's the right word uh, for yeah, ANZAC. Yeah. Uh, I have actually been in Canberra during that period and they involve everybody, every small child in that yep. event. Uh, and the incredibly moving and beautifully constructed uh, visual uh, banner arrangement that Wacker had created with Aboriginal uh, people to uh, make people aware of the frontier wars. That was an extremely yeah. moving uh, piece of filming. It was. It, um, yeah, it, um, it moved a lot of people to tears when after walking at the tail end of the procession, where, as you say, the, 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 the children of French servicemen who'd fought in the First or Second World Wars were wearing the medals proudly of Grandad and, uh, or, or uh, there at the, at the march, were able to march up into the podium at which the royals out with the royal baby from England were taking the salute and Tony Abbott was waxing lyrical about not glorifying in war, etc., and... Uh, and um, uh, Brendan Nelson, the director of the War Memorial, was there to um, officiate at um, his 
vastly improved War Memorial with $30 million have been thrown at taxpayers' money last year to, to uh, revamp it. And when it came after the Aboriginal people and we activists supporting the right of recognition of all the Aboriginal people who both as warriors like um, Pemulwuy and New South Wales and Yagan and WA, and no doubt you could tell me the, the name of warriors, Aboriginal warriors in, in Victoria that fought against uh, white settlement stroke invasion and, and paid dearly for spearing a, a, a cow or a sheep and on their land in the early days of settlement stroke invasion, they weren't allowed to go up to the actual official podium. They weren't going to do anything aggressive or, or sort of nasty or screaming out insults at all. They just wanted to march through along with the American Stars and Stripes from the, the Marines that were allowed to go in front of the Royals and Tony Abbott and everyone else, the World War II vet, the diggers and Korean soldiers and Vietnamese soldiers there that were on display. But when it came to the blackfellas, no, sorry, the balustrades, the um, uh, the metal um, barricades were brought across the road at the Anzac Parade and, and the blackfellas and their, and their white supporters were, were told you can't go any further and the, the coppers with the, the dark shades on um, folded, just um, stood there stopping them from going forward and uh, it was to his credit, Vince DeRoe, a bunch of young man uh, painted in um, traditional uh, painting, uh, was kept his cool and made an appeal to the to the police and to the powers that be to let let us go through. Let us just go and honour uh, our dead quietly up there on the copper wall that they should be but aren't amongst all the other Australians that have served at war and been killed. And when I learnt later, Annie, that Vince DeRoe's brother had fought at the famous Battle of Long Tan in Vietnam as a regular Australian soldier and had been killed three years later in Vietnam in 1969, it made me want to weep that uh, in looking at the footage uh, in light of that, that Vince was not able to go up uh, after appearing. Can I just go and see the, the, the name of my brother written up on the wall? I thought he was talking metaphorically about his brothers and sisters of ancient ancestors that had died, but it was actually about his own brother who'd fought for this country in his terms and had been killed in Vietnam. It really brought a lump to my throat to, uh, to see that and to see that Aboriginal people still don't have equal recognition in this country, don't have equal recognition that they fought and died in thousands of numbers for their country. And we can honour soldiers that fought in irrelevant wars to Australia's national interest and Australia's being actually threatened as an island state. Uh, they get honoured for the Boer War, for the Boxer Rebellion, for the buddy sort of First World War, where the cream of Australians were killed in a totally irrelevant war for the King of England and the arms manufacturers, and uh, and Korea and so on, but aren't honoured. We aren't, we won't honor, allow our Aboriginal people to go through to quietly honour their own dead. As I said, it was an extremely moving uh, sequence, and I'll have to say it hi- highlighted the uncomfortable truth. Yeah. The um. Yes, anyway, I don't think I can say much more, more than, than that. that. Yeah, encourage uh, people to come along and see, see it. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, the um, making of the film itself, it was very intimate. It must have been, uh, like, as a filmmaker, uh, were you just there yourself or did you have a sound person with you? No, I, I normally do shoot my own footage and do the sound, but I had a couple of good women as behind every good male filmmaker. There's a, a couple of good women who silently 
uh, do the stuff, look after the the the, the child that uh, you've fathered and and so on, and digitise the footage and uh, and get the baby uh, bath before you go out the next morning at 4am to the dawn service and 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 so on. So Trina, my partner, helped me in that regard, and she wrangles all my footage so that it doesn't get lost or or get uh, eaten up in cyberspace. So I've got a double copy of everything. And uh, Robin Tubbenfold, um, an activist from Brisbane, she was there supporting uh, us as well with the, the kids when we, we took on the activist uh, pilgrimage around to all the warmongers of Canberra and seeing they didn't get run over or, or trodden under or, or questioned a lift door or whatever like that. Then I had, you know, normally it would take, a, a, they say we budget in, uh, in the industry on about 250000 to $300,000 for an hour long documentary that's shot inside Australia. We would have made this film thanks to the help of other film technicians like Andrew Aristides and Anthony Kelly, who's with, uh, down in Melbourne, um, uh, who edited the film for next to nothing and uh, finessed it. And we got a, a cheap for, uh, mix of it done uh, with a small outfit at Fox Studios in Sydney and a cheap online grade so that it, spec-wise it looks like uh, it's you know, worth made on a million-dollar budget, but in fact was made for under $10,000 cash when, as I say, normally an hour-long television would cost you $250,000, $300,000 to make. So made with a lot of heart because we want the word to go out. We want to put an end to the continuation of Australia being seen in, in the world and amongst our neighbours as an aggressive warmongering nation who won't even recognise its own people who have been killed at war on blood on the waddle in our own country. And so we, we're encouraging people to go and see it on uh, Thursday, no, uh, March the 19th at Nova. Yeah. So uh, get your tickets and support WACA. It's a, um, it's a fundraiser for WACA. Uh, and you're going to be there, aren't you? I am indeed, yes. So I'll happily look forward. And Vince DeRoe, we're trying to get the petrol money for Vince to drive down in his van with his doggy uh, to down to Melbourne and uh, from Byron where he's... Uh, He's um, camping at the moment, so he can speak as well to the film afterwards and to acknowledge that it's um, effectively its world premiere in Melbourne, uh, what his people have, uh, are on about and, uh, and why we want people to come to Canberra this April 23rd, 25th, to, in support of Aboriginal recognition at the War Memorial and to talk about and hear the stories, oral history passed down, of why Australia doesn't want to define itself out of a Gallipoli myth and, uh, and disaster as a nation of war and warmongers. Waging Peace The latest film from legendary Australian filmmaker David Bradbury shot at the Canberra 2014 Peace Convergence Waging Peace will be screening at the Nova Cinema including Q&A with Bradbury Thursday, March the 19th at 6pm. Bookings, trybooking.com. Waging Peace, March 19th, 6pm at Nova Cinema. A Wacker event. Wacker is a 3CR supporter. Hey, I'm Don Honey. You're listening to 3CR, 855am on your AM dial. I love 3CR. 
And I hope you love 3CR too. It's uh, showreel. We're coming to the end of the program. As you're probably aware, we've been chatting with David Bradbury, a filmmaker who uh, started in uh, 1972 with uh, Frontline, which was a uh, nominated for a uh, Academy Award. So that was pretty impressive. He also won uh, Sydney and Melbourne Film Festival Awards, the Grierson Award at the American Film Festival and it was screened worldwide. Uh, so we, he's got a, um, a major level of uh, respect when it comes to the filmmaking uh, milieu. He also has a great deal of respect in the subject matter that he has followed over the many years of filmmaking. He has, uh, as he mentioned, uh, been part of uh, uh, looking at um, war and uh, struggle in other countries. Nicaragua, No Passaran, was a film he made in 1984. 1985, Chile Hasta Cuando, uh, 1987, South of the Border, and it uh, goes on and on. So uh, you, you be part of it. Go down to uh, Nova the, on the 19th, Thursday, 6 o'clock. Uh, meet the man. Uh, watch the film. Be part of the solution, not the problem. Uh, I'm going to uh, play on Solidarity Breakfast uh, this week and Saturday uh, an extended interview with David Bradbury, but mainly about his film Public Enemy Number no. 1, which is the film he made about Wilfred Burchett, who is uh, a living legend in journalistic uh, field in, and Australian history in general as the man who was the first journalist to go to Hiroshima and report on the scene. He also uh, reported uh, the Vietnam, Vietnamese war or the American war in Vietnam from the North Vietnamese side. So he, uh, he caused uh, the authorities trouble effectively. So uh, tune in to uh, Solidarity Breakfast on Saturday at around 7.30 and you'll hear David Bradbury's reflections on uh, William Birchett. Uh, We'll go out with a um, piece from uh, Kutcher Edwards, uh, Hope, uh, coming up next on 3CR 855 on your AM dial and uh, obviously streaming and uh, we are also available online. Uh, Is uh, published or not? You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.